This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Good afternoon, this is John A. Tate. <laughs> this is Rotations. Uh, I'll let this run as a bit of a bed. If you didn't recognise it, this is uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival off the uh, Cosmos Factory album. Opening track, Ramble Tamble. I thought it was not a bad one to have to start with and to just have running along underneath me as I talk. Um, I normally do a show called, uh, with my teammates called uh, The Sporting Record on Thursday at 4 o'clock. And it's mostly talk, we play a song or two. But Rotations is a good show because it enables people like me, who uh, love playing good music, gives us the opportunity to uh, do a music show every now and then. So that's what Rotations is. My focus today is John Fogarty. Thanks to Freedom of Species for the uh, for the previous hour and for the handover. Always a good show to listen to, and I believe in the, in what they're on about with passion. So for the next hour, I've got some uh, a lot of John Fogarty stuff, a couple of stories, probably not a lot of songs to be honest. There'll be a bit of talking because. Uh, what started me off was uh, I came across a book during the week. I had to purchase the whole box to get this one book. 
but um, that's what got me started. And it's, uh, it's a book about baseball. It's actually a poem. Um, so that's, uh, that's the start. And uh, that'll lead me into the song uh, Centre Field. Just want to unpick that a little bit. And um, got a little bit about Tina Turner, and uh, th- that'll be the first half. Second half, I'll play a few more songs, I think. Let's ramble tamble for a little while. There it is, that's straight off the vinyl, straight off my Cosmos Factory LP, Ramble Tamble. Yeah, so during the week I, um, I came across this book, it's called Casey at the Bat, and it's, uh, it's a very famous poem from the United States, it's about baseball, that's why we in Australia really have never heard of it before, because we're not all that much into baseball, and certainly uh, uh, would never have heard this poem but the poem's by, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to read it in a minute, so, Leroy Neiman. Not that that means much to us, but it's, um, there's a few lines in John, F- John Fogarty's Centrefield song, which we use on the sporting record as our, as our uh, theme song. It starts every show, it's part of our promo, and uh, we love that song because it's, even though it's about baseball, any doesn't matter what your sport is, it 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 inspires one to get out there and play. Doesn't matter what your sport is, doesn't matter how good you are, <laughs> uh, just get out there and play. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. That's the main line. Anyway, there's a few few lines in here that uh, probably don't mean much to us. Uh, start of the second verse. The lyrics go well. I spent some time in the Mudville Nine, watching it from the bench. You know, I took some lumps when the mighty case struck out. No idea what that means. Well, I do now because I've read this poem. Um, and it's lines taken from the poem. Uh, the Mudville Nine are a uh, fictional baseball team. And, uh, and the poem's about this guy, Casey, who's the best player in the team. I think they're playing in a final or something, a very important match. Uh, I'll just get to the start of the poem. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, so they're playing a very important match. Uh, Things aren't looking too good. Um, The score is... uh, We'll we'll hear it in a minute. Uh, I'll read the poem. and um, I'll read the poem and uh, then I'll play the song and you might understand it a bit better. The outlook wasn't brilliant for the Mudville Nine that day. The score stood four to two, but with one inning more to play. And then when Cooney died at the second, and Burroughs did the same, a sickly silence fell upon the patrons of the game. You'll hear the pages turning here. 
A straggling few got up to go in, de in deep despair. The rest clung on to the hope which springs eternal in the human breast. They thought if only Casey could get a whack at that. We'd put up even money now with Casey at the bat. But Flynn preceded Casey, as did Jimmy Blake. And the former was a Lulu, <laughs> and the latter was a fake. So upon that stricken multitude a death-like silence sat, for there seemed but little chance of Casey's getting to the bat. But Flynn let drive a single, to the wonderment of all. And Blake, the much despised, tore the cover off the ball. And when the dust had lifted and the men saw what had occurred, there was Jimmy safe at second, and Flynn a hug in third. For Casey, mighty Casey, was advancing to the bat. There was ease in Casey's manner as he stepped into his place. There was pride in Casey's bearing and a smile on Casey's face. And when responding to the cheers, he lightly doffed his hat. No stranger in the crowd could doubt t'was Casey at the bat. Ten thousand eyes were on him as he rubbed his hands with dirt. Five thousand tongues applauded when he wiped them on his shirt. Then while the writhing pitcher ground the ball into his hip, defiance gleamed in Casey's eye, a sneer curled Casey's lip. And now the leather-covered sphere came hurtling through the air. <laughs> and Casey stood a-watching it in a haughty grandeur there. Close by the sturdy batsman the ball unheeded sped. That ain't my style, said Casey. Strike one, the umpire said. From the benches, black with people, there went up a muffled roar, like the beating of the storm waves on a stern and distant shore. Kill him! Kill the umpire, shouted someone on the stand. Well, that's not the right thing to say. And it's likely they would have killed him, had not Casey raised his hand. With a smile of Christian charity, <laughs> great Casey's visage shone. He stilled the rising tumult, and he bade the game go on. He signalled to the pitcher, and once more the spheroid flew. But Casey ignored it, and the umpire said, Strike two! Fraud! cried the maddening thousands, and the echo answered, Fraud! But one scornful look from Casey, and the multitude was awed. They saw his face grow stern and cold, they saw his muscles strain, and they knew that Casey wouldn't let that ball go by again. The sneer is gone from Casey's lip. His teeth are clenched in hate. He pounds with cruel violence his bat upon the plate. And now the pitcher holds the ball. And now he lets it go. And now the air is shattered by the force of Casey's blow. Oh, somewhere in this favoured land the sun is shining bright. The band is playing somewhere, and somewhere hearts are light. And somewhere men are laughing, and somewhere children shout. But there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Casey has struck out. There it is. The poem's called Casey at the Bat.
There it is. That's our theme song from the Sporting Record, 4 o'clock on Thursdays. Uh, John Fogarty's Centrefield. That's John Fogarty solo. It's not with Credence Clearwater Revival. Uh, I saw him at Blues Fest a few years ago. It was one of the great, <laughs> greatest days of my life. Actually, it was two days because he um, he had the uh, the main stage and the main time slot on one of the days, and he played the whole of uh, Cosmos Factory from beginning to end. And then the second half of the show was all the other hits. <laughs> but that that year at uh, Blues Fest, uh, Roger. Daltrey was supposed to come and do Tommy, but he uh, he didn't come. He, he couldn't come for some reason. So they gave his spot to John Fogan. So second night, he did the whole of Green River, played the whole of Green River from beginning to end, the the album, and uh, and second half of the show, played the rest of his hits. It was fantastic. I got, I got a double dose. Um, when he played uh, the song Centerfield. Uh, for every song, uh, a guy would bring out a new guitar, and he'd, uh, which was freshly tuned, I suppose, and he'd play, use that guitar for that song, and then end of the song, the guy would come out with another guitar, and he'd swap them over. So for the Centerfield song, he played a guitar that was shaped like a baseball bat. <laughs> Figure that out. A couple of other things to pick from the song. Uh, he's got the names of some uh, baseball legends in there. You, you'd recognise Joe DiMaggio. Because he, uh, well, among other things, he married Marilyn Monroe, which made him even more famous than his baseballing prowess. So the line goes, hey, John Fogarty's a great singer, but sometimes it's hard to make out the words. So the line goes, so hey, Willie, tell the cob and Joe DiMaggio, don't say it ain't so, you know the time is now. So he's talking about Willie Mays. So hey, Willie, that's Willie Mays. Uh, tell the Cobb, that's a guy called Ty Cobb. These are guys from back in the, I don't know, the 30s, you know, early early 20th century. And Joe DiMaggio. So they're the three players mentioned. Legends in their own right. And all played centre field. That's, that's the link, I think. <laughs> so there you have it, centre field. Um, second story. Uh, I was on a cruise uh, a couple of months back. And... Uh, there was an entertainer on board. She was fantastic, an Australian lady, and doing all the sort of the uh, the big voice. So she was doing all the big diva songs. And at the end of the show, she comes up and says, uh, "Right, I'm going to finish with uh, with one of my favourite songs. It's a Tina Turner song." And I was sitting there thinking, "Oh no, I know what it's going to be, you know." And this is a great song, and Tina does it really well, and I'm going to do it here. And, of course, uh, here it is. It's Proud Mary. So, yeah, she did the song. She did a good job of it. And, of course, it was Tina Turner's version of Proud Mary. At no point did they say, oh, oh you know, uh, uh, no point did they say, you know, oh, it's a John Fogarty song, by the way, and it was originally by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Uh, and at no point did she say it was an Ike and Tina song, Ike and Tina Turner song. She just gave Tina all the credit. Now, Ike Turner uh, was a brilliant musician and a brilliant arranger. Uh, he wasn't a brilliant husband, so people sort of wipe him off history because cause of his domestic violence record, and he probably wasn't a very nice guy to work with. But anyway, the fact is he was brilliant, and he was Tina's husband, and uh, he arranged all the songs and wrote quite a few of them and uh, produced them, and uh, you'd have to say, well, I had a hunch. I thought, you know, Proud Mary, I'm sure it was an Ike and Tina song. It wasn't just Tina solo. And I'm sure that amazing arrangement uh, must have had, uh, Ike must have had something to do with it, maybe all to do with it. So uh, when I got back on land, <laughs> when I got back on land, I thought, hmm, it's time to look into this. Anyway, after the break, I'll just have a short break here, and uh, yeah, I'll have a short break here, and I'll uh, just line a couple of things up. Hi, my name is John A. Tate, and I've collected hundreds of songs about footy and sport. So we've put together a program called The Sporting Record. 
Hang on. It's not all about your records, John A. Em and I are also here to cast a critical 3CR eye over all things sport. Join John, James and me every Thursday at 4pm for the Sporting Record. Right here on 855 3CR. Kicking off on Thursday, August 25th at 4 o'clock. Every now and then, I think you might like to hear something from us. Nice and easy. But there's just one thing, you see. We never, ever do nothing nice and easy. We always do it nice and rough. But we're going to take the beginning of this song and do it easy. But then we're going to do the finish. Rough. It's the way we do proud Mary. the story now. Left a good job in the city. Working for the man every night and day. And I never lost one minute of sleep. And I was worrying about the way the things might have been. They will keep on turning. Ooh, the proud Mary keep on burning.
There it is, I can Tina Turner, singing a John Fogarty song. I knew that would happen. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to correct the record there, just in case everyone thought that was a Tina Turner song. Well, it partly is. I can Tina, John Fogarty, the songwriter, Creedence Clearwater Revival, the original. Hi, I'm Grant Hansen, the host and creator of the Margrook Footy Show. When I'm in town, I love listening to the best sporting show on radio. It's the Sporting Record every Thursday at 4 o'clock on 3CR 855am on your dial. Another song from Cosmos Factory is Run Through the Jungle. Listen carefully. I've got a bit of trivia for you afterwards. Spooky stuff. Creedence Clearwater Revivals run through the jungle. Coming off my LP. Now, uh, I've got a little bit of a trivia question for you. What's well, a trivia thing? Did you know that John Fogarty was once sued for plagiarising himself? I want, you to listen, <laughs> I want you to listen to this next song. Tell me if you think that this song that I'm about to play has any resemblance to the song that I just played. He bring a strong man to 
That's a live version. I've got the CD uh, Premonition, so it's a John Toby CD. He's popped a few other songs on there as well. Yeah, so do you think they sounded the same? What do you reckon? Has he has he plagiarised himself? Because you see, Run Through the Jungle and all those old Credence songs were owned entirely by the record company Fantasy. And uh, so John Fogarty, uh, well, it was a terrible, the most worst contract ever written in the history of, uh, of, of music. Uh, originally, I'll give you the whole story. Originally, uh, when Credence Clearwater started, they were all, uh, they were all schoolmates from school. Uh, they were 17, and they signed a contract with, uh, with a guy and uh, they shouldn't have been signing anything because they're only 17. But anyway, they signed this contract. I was just happy to get a record contract, as you would if you're a school band, 17-year-olds. And uh, a bit later, a guy called um, Saul Zantz, he bought that company, Fantasy, which is really a jazz record label at the time in San Francisco. And he bought that company and he, he gave the boys a new contract. He said, oh, this contract will be much better. And uh, if you ever make it big, we'll rip up this contract and we'll write another one for you. <laughs> anyway, um, they were happy because they got to choose their own name, so they chose the name Credence Clearwater Revival. 
previous to that, they, the record company called them the Gollywogs, which was a terrible name. Anyway, they changed the name to Critical Revival, got a new contract, which was much better. They get 10% royalties, but the company would own copyright on all original songs. But worse than that, the band was obliged to provide a certain number of original songs per year. And if they didn't get to that uh, quota, they, uh, that would, it would carry over to the next year. So after seven years, remember by this stage they're the biggest band in the world. Beatles are gone. This is the 70s. Creedence were the biggest band, most successful band in the world. Seven years later, uh, they owed Fantasy 180 songs because <laughs> he couldn't keep up. He, he was a good songwriter, but he wasn't prolific. So he just couldn't keep up with the, what the contract demanded. So when the band broke up, three of the other guys were released from the contract. John Fogarty was held to it because he was the... Uh, the cash cow. So he was once reported as saying, Fantasy Records not only cheated me out of a fortune, but they owned my future. I was enslaved. Anyway, so he's still tired. Uh, he, eventually, he had extreme writer's block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he eventually got out of the contract, but it was at a high cost. He had to hand over all future royalties of those songs that Fantasy still owned. But at least anything he wrote from now on uh, was his. So all this solo stuff was now his. His writer's block went away and he started writing great songs like, uh, you know, Centerfield. Uh, still not prolific, but back to his best. Um, that's why he, he, for years and years and years he wouldn't play those Creedence songs because... There's no, nothing stopping him playing them. He just couldn't bear the thought of any more of his royalties going to fantasy. <laughs> so it was a sort of a stubbornness. Uh, eventually, like before my Blues Fest concert, uh, his wife had talked him into, you know, come on, John, they're your songs. People want to hear them. Just play them. So that's it. I think in recent times he's got the royalties of all those songs back. Uh, but that's, a, that's another story. Um, he wrote a song on... Oh, so that's why, uh, so the, the, the plagiarism thing. Yes, yeah, so uh, Fantasy tried to say that uh, The Old Man Down the Road, a new song owned by John Fogarty, was actually a copy of Run Through the Jungle, which Fantasy owned. So they sued him for, for plagiarism. Uh, fortunately, they lost the case, because as you heard, the two songs got nothing to do with each other. They sound similar because it's the same guy playing with his same guitar style, but... That doesn't mean he copied the other song and just changed the words. Hmm. So Fantasy lost that one. Um, there's actually a worse side of the story. Fantasy convinced the band to invest all their money that they earned from royalties, concerts, merchandise, everything. They invested everything they made into a bank account in uh, the Bahamas, I think it was. And... Um, Let's see if I can find that bit. This is all coming from a great book called Astonishing Rock Trivia by an author called John Tate. Very similar name to my own, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Anyway, they convinced them to invest their money uh, and avoid tax. They invested in a uh, bank account in, uh, in the Bahamas somewhere. When they went to uh, cash in, all the money was gone. Everything, everything they'd earned. Remember, they were the biggest band in the world. They lost everything. And you know, on Centrefield, so this, the court cases went on for years and years and years and years and years. The lawyers had a picnic. Uh, John Fogarty wrote a song out of spite, and it's on this Centrefield album. I'll play it now. It's called Zance Can't Dance. Remember, Saul Zance was the guy who John Fogarty felt had ripped him off of all of his money. Uh... So the song's called Zance, Z-A-N-Z, Zance Can't Dance. And the line goes, Zance can't dance, but he'll steal your money. <laughs> um, obviously, Fantasy and Zance weren't very happy about this song, so the record company uh, convinced John to change the words to Vance Can't Dance and uh, for the reissue. But on the first pressing of the album, it's the original, Zance Can't Dance, and as a matter of fact, 
That's the edition that I've got. And here it is. Steal your money. Watch him or he'll rob you blind. So it was John Fogarty's revenge. Cost him uh, 60000 American dollars in another court case. 
for defamation. <laughs> but I guess he felt it was worth it. Uh, made him feel better anyway. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Rotations. My name's John A. Tate, and I've got the honour of doing it this month or this week because we get to play some songs. Normally my show, The Sporting Record, 4 o'clock on Thursdays, is all about uh, sport and uh, it's mostly talk. We play a few songs. Yes. Now, I might have promised you... Uh, oh, look, it's... Uh, about uh, seven minutes to go. I can see some movement outside, so I think Queering the Egg people are ready to come in shortly, so I better get cracking. Uh, I'll play one more John Fogarty song as we do a bit of a changeover at three o'clock. Uh, that's right. So I promised you a bit of trivia, didn't I? Some John Fogarty trivia. Maybe we can do some uh, thinking music. <laughs> All right, some John Fogarty trivia. Uh, John Fogarty belongs to three halls of fame. Uh, bet you can't guess what they are. All right, I'll have to tell you. So obviously he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's also in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. But what's the third one? <laughs> uh, the third one is he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Now, he's never played basketball at any decent level. But because of that song, which has been used over and over again on baseball pitches around America, they put him in the Hall of Fame. What else? Uh, got a Mondegreen for you. What if I got time to play it? Uh, so Mondegreens, they're sort of misheard lyrics. And uh, there's a Mondegreen in this song. Uh... <coughs> Right, so you know the song. Wonder Green's a misheard lyrics. You know, you hear a thing and you start singing along and people laugh at you because you've got it wrong. So the misheard lyric here that's uh, reasonably famous is um, it's probably the sort of song you'd play at an incontinence convention. Don't go around tonight. It's bound to take your life. There's a bathroom on the right. Yeah. <laughs> it amuses me. All right, we're coming to the end. Uh, this show's come to you from uh, Wurundjeri land. We're here at 3CR Studios in Fitzroy. And uh, I should pay my respect to elders, past and present, Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. My name's John A. Tate. This is Rotations. Uh, it's been a lot of fun playing some John Fogarty stuff and telling you some John Fogarty stories. I'll play out with, uh, with the real Proud Mary, the original Proud Mary. Maybe the best. It's up for you to decide. I can Tina Turner's one's pretty good, but uh, we'll play this one as a good way to finish... What's a live version?
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.